Teach puts these together. And... <laughs> Dude, now, here come the jokes. This is what he's doing for the cold opens or the outtakes. Yeah, I'll be with my travel friends and like, I'll be like, Drew, what the hell are you listening to? And I'm like, you know, listen to this. Like, these dudes are hilarious. Like, <laughs> Like it gets you like everywhere. The flattery gets you everywhere. True. Hello, and welcome to episode number 26 of the Admissions Director's Launchcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ament, Vice President of Enrollment Management at Loyola University of New Orleans, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tej Matil, Director of Enrollment Success at EnrollML. Tiggy, how are you? Nathan, it's Tej, and I am just, I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? That's great to hear you're fine. I'm actually great, and I'm especially great since today on this episode, we're discussing why do we travel again? And Did we, we get an great... answer? I I hope so. We got like <laughs> 40 minutes worth of interview. I Good. hope we get to that point. <sighs> okay, back on script. We're discussing why do we travel again, and we've got some great guests to help us out. Teej, do you think we need to remind folks about how the lunch cast works? You know, it sure can't hurt. Each week, Nathan and I, along with our guests, one influencer and one practitioner, will discuss a topic that is directly related to recruitment and admission. Our hope is that by the end of your lunch hour, you, the listener, will have a good enough handle on the topic that you can implement tactics quickly, maybe even this afternoon. So who will be joining us this week to discuss why do we travel again? Yes, this week as our influencer guest, we have Chris Reeves, school counselor at St. Henry District High School in Erlinger, Kentucky. Why does that Chris Reeves name ring a bell as it's related to podcasting? You know what? He is the co-host of the Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford podcast. Ah, that's right. That's right. This that's is the our one. First, yep. I think this is our first crossover. Getting excited. You know, and frankly, probably our last. I, You know, we shouldn't do this. <laughs> I'm can we just can we see how the, the episode goes before yes. we make that call? Okay, okay, sounds good. All right, back on script is our practitioner guest. We have Andrew, goes by Drew. Drew. Cur- Curiel, Associate Director of Admission at the College of Mount St. Vincent in Riverdale, New York. Tiggy, I'm really excited. So let's get started. It's it's Tiege. All right, Teach. Well, I think today we're going to discuss why do we travel again? Um, I always <laughs> cringe a little bit when we plan these travel episodes because you just never know what's going to happen. But mm-hmm. somebody told me that the pandemic is in retirement. Yeah, that was no, a good it's, way An- to put it, it's Anthony Fauci is in retirement. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And we're, we're recording this very fresh off of that information. So thanks for <laughs> dating that. Um, but yes, I think it's both of them are in retirement, both the pandemic and Fauci. Um, but here we are. I think there's a lot of decisions that were made over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to try to test the waters and see if, you know, why do we actually do this again? I'm sure that conversation happened in many admissions offices this summer. I think it will continue to happen mm -hmm. as we get back into pretty much a full-fledged travel season. And then you're going to have the definite low after the travel season and probably lots of people going, why, why, why do we, why do, do, we this? do that? Why do we do this? So what you do you, know how do you think it's going to go today with our two guests? You know what? It's interesting. One is going to go great with the two guests. They're they're both fantastic, and Drew is he just brings such an energy level. Um, I think our our listeners are going to enjoy it. But what really has me interested in these conversations? I was at DePaul last semester for my while I was working there, and it occurred to me as we were beginning to plan fall travel that it was it was a really novel situation due to the the pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, every year we would have new admissions counselors, and we would all have to train them and teach them on how to travel and why to travel, what we do, et cetera. But in those cases, they never knew any, they never knew a different way, right? So when we said, yeah. you, you go to four high school visits a day, plus a, an evening college fair, or you're going to do some hotel interviews, they didn't have any other standing to like raise the, the question of, of why, or isn't there a better way? What we all have now is a group of counselors who have been here two or three years and haven't had a full travel season who are going to ask the question of why did you just make me do this in a much more informed way than we're than we're ever used to and i, I think we're all going to have to make the argument internally um, again for why going to that crowded gym and shaking a bunch of hands or spending an afternoon in a starbucks or a embassy suites lobby or, or wherever is the right way to make connections with students. I don't think we actually asked this question, but it just popped into my head. Um, maybe we should have asked this. Do you think it's going to cause any type of divide between, um, as, as you were talking about the the folks that haven't traveled, they have nothing to compare it against. Will it cause a divide between um, staff members or like the veterans or the new folks within admissions offices that maybe the veterans are looking forward to it or saying like, here's all the glorious things. Like they have more of a romantic <laughs> memory of travel, or do you think they're going to be like, no, this really sucks. And we're going to put it all on the young people <laughs> and load them yeah. up. You know, it, it, I don't, that's a good point. I, I think in a normal realm, there's, there's two types of experience counselors, right? Like there's those of us that have just, we love it and, and look forward to fall travel season every year. Um, and there's those of us who don't, and we kind of, shuffle that off to the newer newer folks um i think that's the normal case this year i think i think what's different is we can't assume that the new counselors and by new i mean one two three years old are going to be excited about this because this is not the job they initially took if that makes right. sense right, right right um and i think you know the experience listen i fall travel season was one of my favorite times of year Right. It, it was just mm -hmm. so much fun, so exciting. Um, and I hope the new admissions counselors that have done it without travel for a couple of years see the value, but they're going to have insights and perspectives that are, are going to be really important for us all to listen to, as well as questions that we're going to have to answer. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> questions that we've never had to answer. Never before. had to answer before. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good. All right. Well, let's jump into it here. Let's listen to these interviews. Um, and uh, and I think this, these are two great perspectives, both mm -hmm. from this is probably one of our most traditional episodes we're going to have this season. 
um, talking about visiting, talking about how do we service the, serve the students. So um, mm-hmm. let's get right to it. I think it's time we heard from our guests. So here's our conversations with our influencer guest, Chris Reeves, followed by the conversation with our practitioner guest, Drew Curiel. As always, we hope you enjoy these discussions and we'll see you on the other side. Well, Nathan, we are so lucky this week to be joined by Chris Reeves, school counselor at the St. Henry District High School in Erlinger, Kentucky. And also, uh, he is the co-host of Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Uh, We might call it a competing podcast. Chris, welcome to Enemy Territory. Peach, hello, Nathan. Hello. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm joking, of course, about Enemy Territory. This is very friendly ground you're standing on. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, Chris, for, for the benefit of folks that don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit about your career trajectory and, and how you landed where you are today? Absolutely. Thank you. I, I started off as an English teacher in Williamstown, Kentucky. Spent five years teaching English, 22 years as a counselor in Kentucky public schools and retired. And I know it's cliche and kind of a terrible joke, but I failed at retirement. And I'm back working at a school. I also do some independent work. I contract with a really cool school at Moorhead, Moorhead, Kentucky. So, um, and most most importantly, it is it is uh, it is fun for me to work on the Get Schooled podcast and uh, and the the other aspects of the career. I suppose we're running through the leadership cycles at Kentucky ACAC and spending some time on the board of directors at at NACAC, which is probably the most uh, interesting aspect of my entire career. That's that's great. Hey, you know, in case any of our listeners are looking for another podcast after they fully listen to ours, of course. Yes. um, yes. What what is Get Schooled about? What do you guys talk about? We we say this in the intro and it's true, an actual true story, because Joel and I used to work together. And then when we finished working together and I was at one school and he was at another, we would just call each other all the time. And being college admissions nerds, we just had conversations. So basically the tagline is we've had college, we've had, we've had conversations about college admissions for years. And now we bring those to you. We, we, (laughs) our audience is anywhere from students and parents to professionals um, Mm -hmm. on the college and high school side. And that's, 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 we try to bring in cool guests because we are probably the least qualified people to be talking about these things. And uh, the guests, the guests run the show, you know? Good. Good. I think we should take it back to each. I think the way that he's describing this, it does actually sound like a very competing podcast. Yep. Yep. We're going to, okay. we're going right. to, we're going to delete this interview. it's fun though i like it i'll still talk it's cool yeah no it totally that's how i mean legitimately that's how tj and i started the podcast because we would just call each other after we had worked together for you know uh, five or six years at lawrence university so that's uh podcasts are really cool ways to keep um the friendship going and then Mm -hmm. people just happen to listen in right you guys are (laughs) you guys are still friends no (laughs) awesome sorry i'll backtrack that we'll delete that part as well (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, we, we brought you on. We are looking at travel season and yeah. 
for full transparency, we're recording in the middle of August. I know it's only a month away, but everything could change with COVID, right? But presuming we're going back into a normal travel schedule or what is the new normal for travel again, uh, it felt like a good time to just revisit the issue entirely. So um, asking you from your, your perspective, working with high school students, working in schools, travel, college first, high school visits, Chris, what is the point? I, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm old. I really do not think there is a substitute for, for meeting someone face-to-face. And, and you know, virtual visits have been, have been a substitute, and they've been much better than, than maybe in the past. But meeting, meeting reps from, from the schools, uh, I, I feel like students learn about colleges. I, I was thinking about this question a lot, just like why, why you know, why, why bring these people into the building? I've even had like fewer kids signing up. Like we can get to that if you wanted to, but kids, they know sports, they see things on media and they have parents who've been to different colleges. And that's, in my mind, that's pretty much how, or where, and where they live. That's pretty much how colleges right. end up on lists. So how do they, how do they learn about other schools aside, aside from that? And having them come to our building a lot of times is super helpful. I'm interested to actually unpack that a little bit more. I'd love to hear why more students are not signing up for the visits. Cause I think we're, we saw that a little bit in the South when we were doing some visits last year that maybe some of our friends in the North were not doing, but do you have any theories about maybe why some of these students are not signing up for the visits, even though we think it's important for them? (laughs) I, yeah, I do. I do. And I don't know, maybe I guess since it's my theory, it's, it's okay to share. I, I think COVID really has like beaten kids down. I just think they're done. Mm-hmm. I think I think that they yeah. they are surviving each day. And I'm not hoping to get out of that, you know, maybe this year I'll see something different in 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 at St. Henry, but the kids are just it's like they can't even just bear to think about it. Like I I'm yeah. I, I'm not signing up for that visit. I I have AP bio and I've got my English class. That's enough. That's mm-hmm. just enough. And to add on like this extra work and just thinking, really, that burden so I, that's 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 my theory. I don't know what other people think, but well, I guess that and as we're kind of working our way around to why we do it in the first place, um, uh, we could always send more more printed materials, but we're always really being tasked on the college side to try to figure out what the return on investment is. Right. Um, and I think there's a desire, especially coming out of COVID or the pandemic. Somebody the other day told me the pandemic's been retired. I was like, ah, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't fail at retirement. Like I got an email like from this. NACAC yeah. today that says it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I thought um, when I got that same email. But, um, you know, how are we going to show the ROI um, on the high school visit? And how can we continue to tell admissions directors to make the case like how can the school counseling community and you as a representative of the school counseling community on this particular podcast um, I'm going to tell admissions directors that this is worth doing I would also be remiss if I didn't mention the rapid inflation that's happening and the travel expenses that are going through the roof um, for our budgets on the admission that's that's a really amazing question and I because I don't know how to talk I don't know how to talk to the people in your offices who make those decisions I really don't because for me, it's anecdotal. I don't have the data or anything like that to show return on investment. But other than what I mentioned earlier, that there's no substitute for meeting someone face-to-face 
and being in the building. You know, I thought of one more aspect too, and this this is not to answer return on investment for individual schools, so I apologize for that. But bringing bringing colleges into a building promotes like the concept of college access and a college going environment. Mm -hmm. So just to have like for a high school to say, I have college reps who come in the building to talk to you. That's, that's powerful. Um, I, I just think it's without numbers. I'd say, yes, there's a return on investment because there's a lot of noise with the mailings Mm -hmm. and with social Mm -hmm. media and they don't like, they're tired of getting online. I mean, they'll do it because they're good at it now, but a face-to-face visit is, is invaluable. So Chris, we only have those anecdotal examples. We only have half the story there, right? We can only say, yeah, I talked to the students. It was great. Now they're here, et cetera. Um, can you give us a, an anecdote or two of that, that you think would demonstrate the ROI, but from your side? I, I have a story from my first year at Beachwood, which is a school I retired from. And I be, I'm very good friends with this teacher. But this, this, this young lady signed up for a visit with Transylvania University. So people don't know about Transylvania. It's, it's, a, it's a great liberal arts college in Kentucky. I would say, you know, it's selective, you know, medium selective, maybe like 60% admission rate, that sort of thing. So not everybody gets in, but um, so this little girl signs up and English, she didn't show up and I was new and I'm like, my gosh, if I'm, these kids sign up, I'm going to go get them. I'm going to make sure they come in because if I tell the rep, there's five people there, I don't want to, like, I'll take four. I don't want to. So I get in the classroom. And the teacher, like, she's kind of funny the way she acts. So I wouldn't, this is just strange to say in public, but she's like, Lauren's not going to Transylvania. And I'm like, I'm at the door and I'm like, you need, you need to understand that these are the people who read the applications. These are the people who promote college going in our school. And maybe she won't go there, but she needs to sit in this visit and understand what this whole process is about so that she, so that she is excited about college and confident about applying and going and all of these things. Um, and, and I think it just paints a bigger picture for higher education when, when students can, can go to these visits. I think they're just, I think they're extremely important. Perfect. Thank you. All right. So now this is a fun thought experiment and it's one I'm particularly uh, ill-suited for. Chris, when I was on the NACAC President's Council, I remember once they came and said they had to do, NACAC had to do budgeting, assuming all three major revenue streams would die up, right? Membership would die down, the conference wouldn't go, and college fairs would cease to exist, right? And I remember thinking, this was before COVID, what on earth could possibly do that in one fell swoop? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, So I feel stupid, but Um, Let's play this counterfactual. Imagine a scenario where from this point forward, no college fairs or high school visits exist anymore. Everybody agrees we're just not doing that. They're they're gone. What does the college search process look like in that all or nothing scenario? What is lost? What is gained? What what would it be like? I wish students across the country had more access to to high quality college counseling because you, you need you need to point kids in the right direction as professionals. So I guess that would be one way students would learn about colleges. You know, you've got what, you've got websites and virtual. Is that what's left? Basically the mailings, website, virtual. Um, I think, I don't know what would happen. I mean, people would apply to their state schools 
they would apply to the big names. It would go back to the things I said earlier, like where they, where they, where they found colleges that interested them. Um, maybe there just wouldn't be much of a search process. There would just be applications. I know there's a term I learned later in my career because I didn't have tons of experience with this is like the stealth applicants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I'm curious what you all think, <laughs> actually. I think there would be an initial um, cheering from all admissions offices everywhere. Really? <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. they didn't have to um, suffer through a, a yet another college fair or go to a high school visit that um, nobody showed up or whatever else. I mean, admissions counselors, because the travel season is so grueling and so long, they have a tendency to always focus on the negative, primarily at the end of travel season. But then the time it comes around again, they're ready to get out of the office after they've yeah. you know, been sitting in the office and dealing with you know, last minute questions from families that are trying to move into the dorms and things like that. And so they, they there's like, there's a romanticized version of it. So I think they would, they would miss it though, when it comes back around again and they wouldn't be able to, um, I think they would struggle with, uh, the interpersonal, um, in-person, uh, relationships for sure. I think what really makes an admissions counselor keep going is even if you've had a long day of no visit or visits where nobody showed up and then you have one great conversation, or you sit at a college fair in a hot high school gym, for an hour and 45 minutes and that last 15 minutes somebody comes up and it's awesome um that'll that'll boo that will really pump up uh, an admissions counselor to keep them going get back in the rental car go back to the credit hotel and um, get up the next day so i think i think overall the admissions counselors would really um would miss it i think from the high school from the student perspective um I continue to believe in, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Chris, that the the good admissions counselors are remembered by family, right? And I'm biased on this because I work at a smaller school. I've always worked at smaller schools. We do a lot of relational recruitment, but um, I think there's a lot of that personality built into the decision of the admissions counselors and decision based on the um, relationship they have. So, and so, and a lot of times that does start in the high school gym or it starts in the counseling office or whatever um, to just get that going. So I think it'd be really tough, um, but it's really hard. I will admit it for my position as a vice president to put so much money and so much of my budget behind that to have a couple of these key. Yeah. It'd be way easier to put $100,000 or if you're a smaller school or whatever your budget is behind buying, you know, a hundred thousand more names or, um, right. you know, entering into a relationship with a vendor that's going to promise you to get, promise you to get the exact right model of the kid that you need that has this profile, you know, when they're a freshman and we're just going to get them through our magical tool and all that type of stuff. So I think, I think it's, it's, it's still part of the business. Um, and as part of that counseling side, um, but I'm afraid, and this is one of the reasons that we decided to do this episode when teaching and I were planning for this season, I'm afraid that it is waning and that fewer and fewer yep. um, people in leadership positions in college admission offices or on, high, on college campuses are going to see that benefit and, um, and they're going to try to automate, um, continue to automate. And, but instead, I would charge them, and this is what I'm desperately trying to do, um, is ride the line of 
still getting into the schools, still doing some travel, but also leveraging online tools, also leveraging new technology that comes out um, and keeping a foot in both worlds, if, right. if any of that makes sense. Yeah. I, and this is easy to throw around because in, in the college admissions world, you know, you can throw around like access any anywhere you want, like with any purpose mm-hmm. you want. But it does come to mind for me, the people who, who can get on the campuses and people who can't get on the campus. 100%. Yeah. 100%. You know, Nathan, I think you're right. There would be a rejoicing on the college end. The CFOs would be thrilled. Um, depending on what time of year you ask admissions counselors, they would either be thrilled or really bummed, right? Because um, mm-hmm. leading into travel season, they're excited, or at least I was always excited. But at the end, I was like, get me, if I ever see Delta again, they better, <laughs> they better have found my bag. That's what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> but I think when I play it out a little bit, I think the role colleges play helping school counselors build a college-going counselor or uh, build a college-going um, community and culture would be gone. And I think school counselors would find very creative ways to get us to help. So I think gone would be the, the day of five high school visits. Um, and what would it, it would replace by is we would have 10 schools that invite us in to do um, college workshop or college application workshop, right? Like they'd sure. be deeper, more genuine connections to, to get, get exposure. But on the, the student end, man, I, you know, I just don't know how they want to be introduced to new colleges. I, it's not by email. It's not by web. It's not in person. I, I look around the college fair and I think if the buses didn't show up and if parents weren't driving their students in, I don't know how many students would show up willingly at even a college fair, right? Um, right. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what it is they, they want, but we're probably yeah. asking all the wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> good point yeah yeah and and they sure don't want us invading tiktok uh whichever whichever college admissions director is out there thinking tiktok is your solution that may be the most cringeworthy thought <laughs> like ever just stop just stop right now so yeah all right well chris we are at the end of the not only the thought experiment but the the prescripted questions so we just like to wrap up with everybody and ask two questions. What are you working on next? And how can folks get in touch with you if they want to continue the conversation? Awesome. Yeah, I am, you know, a joke about the podcast above the jobs as being something fun, but that is, that is like what's on my mind. Um, Joel and I are working on two episodes coming up. One is on financial aid and we have some really good friends at Sally May are going to help us out with the study they had. And that's, that's really interesting to us. We've never done anything on financial aid in the last three years. And then the one that Joel is super pumped about is with all the athletic realignment, we were wondering if that had an impact in admissions offices. So we're trying to, you know, I was on the board with, uh, with Raymond from Texas, trying to get him involved. I think he's going to help us out. And he's got a friend potentially at Oklahoma who might be able to help us out on that. So that's, that should be, you know, coming up in the next, however long it takes us to figure this out and get these recorded and edited. But the Get Schooled podcast has two, two fun episodes coming up. As far as getting a hold of holding of us, I just use my, my independent email for most things. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at chris at askmrreeves.com. I know, very, very fun and clever, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, chris at askmrreeves.com and, you know, check out, once you, once you listen to every episode of Nathan and Tija's podcast <laughs> twice, then 
you know, check out, check out Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Yeah, I think we're both on the NACAC website, though, although we might be slightly alphabetically first. So the admissions director loves cast comes before yep. Get Schooled. But... Well, there you go. Yeah, but either way, I think I, I appreciate what you guys are doing, and uh, and this is fun. I'm really glad that you decided to join us. Thanks. I appreciate you all. I appreciate what you're, what you're doing as well, for sure. That was that was such an odd flex, Nathan, to say admissions director's lunch is alphabetically <laughs> before I get school, but scramble for anything <laughs> yeah scramble yeah for anything. yeah i get Could noticed it? in this world do you want me to send out some postcards too oh wait <laughs> <laughs> chris thank you this crossover has been fantastic thank you so cool. much thank you i appreciate it well teach you know what yes i do know what but <laughs> Only because I can see the script. So why don't you keep, why don't you, our listeners don't know what yet. <laughs> that was such a big pause. Maybe your new pot, your audio equipment's going to cut that out. But we are really excited to be part of the NACAC podcast network. We are one of quite a few podcasts that are mm-hmm. on this network that all are recommended for the college admissions process. And these are very accurate, informative, insightful um, podcasts that are really for all audiences, anybody related to the college admissions process. So I think um, what we're doing here, I'm going to totally, let's start over. No, totally Nathan, this is great. Listen, everybody loves the the awkwardness. We have reached out to our some of our friends on the uh, NACAC podcast network and asked them if they wanted to put a little, little clip in the middle of our episode in case you want to check them out. So here, here's a little little teaser of one of the other ones. Also, Nathan, you are correct that we are excited to be included in the podcast network. I told the barista at Starbucks today that I was on it. What did she say? She just rolled her eyes and called Tiggy. Welcome to the next episode of Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford, where we discuss all things college admissions. Joel and I have been having conversations about college admissions for years, and now we bring those to you. Our goal is to provide information to you, the listener, about the world of college admissions, the processes involved, and the current issues that are a part of the journey to post-secondary education. Well, Teach, I'm really excited to welcome Drew Curiel to the LunchCast today. We're discussing travel here on episode 26. Drew is the Associate Director of Admission at the College of Mount St. Vincent in Riverdale, New York. Drew, welcome to the LunchCast. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for the introduction. I'm really happy to be here. I, like I told you guys before, I listen to your show all the time when I'm on the road, so it's, it's crazy that I'm actually on a show now. Well, we're really glad that you listen. We appreciate that. And yes. um, uh, and this is what we're here to do is to continue to make connections um, throughout the profession. So why don't, before we get into the questions about travel, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of your background and uh, how you got to your current position at the College of Mount St. Vincent? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm very fortunate. I've been back at the Mount after I came back from getting my master's in Ireland they honestly had a job opening and I was working out on campus and my VP now, she saw me working out and she was like, let's have lunch. And ever since that lunch, I've been hired at the college. Wow. Um, I started out as an assistant, assistant director for admission. 
uh, helping students in Long Island and Queens. And then COVID happened. And although some work was a little bit lessened in other professions, my work kind of picked up as anyone else in higher education. A lot more Zoom events, a lot more virtual events, a lot more virtual recruitment. Mm -hmm. And through my efforts, I found a lot of you know, new opportunities to connect with students and connect with parents on a more uh, connected level. So I, was, I ended up getting promoted to associate director for admission, uh, getting another territory with Brooklyn. And I also manage all of our social media outlets uh, with our CMSV admission YouTube channel, Instagram, TikTok, everything like that. So I'm starting year four as of July 30th. And I'm still, I still have the same energy and excitement as I've had in my year one. Of course, I have a lot more experience to work off of, but I'm, I'm really grateful to be here back at my alma mater and sharing my story and sharing other stories here from the College of Mount St. Vincent. Your enthusiasm is inspiring, and I love talking to folks that are at your position in the profession, and I appreciate you sticking with it, despite, you know, starting in the pandemic um, and in some challenging times to our profession. So um, kudos to you for sure. So we're going to jump right in here to start talking a little bit about travel and really why do we do it? You know, why, why do we travel again? Yeah. And I think your perspective here from when you started and kind of your journey um, is really important. So I'm just going to hit you straight with this first question, you know, thinking about travel. And again, we're, we're recording this right kind of at the start of travel season, yeah. full disclosure. Um, you know, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, 100%. Um, literally, we're all booking it right now on Slate, putting into our spreadsheets, going to have a conflict meeting pretty soon. And legit, when, when I ask my VPs and my AVPs, they say the exact same thing. What's the point? And, you know, to me, it's making that first general impression on a student who has no idea about the college. But then also it's there to show that we are in the market. We are competing with other schools and we are a viable option. But I also think we're also there to have those conversations that people are unwilling. And when I say people, I mean students and families are unwilling to look up. Um, when you think about it, someone can apply up to 10 colleges just on the Common App alone. And when we get into the market of going to college fairs, there's over 50 schools there sometimes. So hopefully when we go to these fairs, the reason that we're going is to make connections, but also to show that we are an option no matter what. Hopefully they do have a conversation and we get into the, you know, the funnel of admissions, but I just want to have more connections with these students and parents, let them know my story, and then hopefully let them know, hey, you can have this type of experience too, because I am an alumni of the college. So that's what I overall think. Yes, that is the point. Drew, can you talk a little bit, you know, there's there's two main arguments we make for why we need to invest in, in physical travel. One is new connections, and one is maintaining connections with students who are already interested. Can you yeah. talk through how in your territory management, you kind of juggle those two perspectives? Yeah, 100%. So like for me, I'm trying to make obviously new connections, uh, mainly in the Long Island region, more of Suffolk. We have a pretty good um, target in Nassau. But then also when, when I go to Queens and Brooklyn, I'm looking to establish new and also establish our connections there. We have a higher education opportunity program. We have TRIO. We also have an institutional program called MAP, which benefits a lot of students in those regions that are first gen, low income, or have an IEP type of thing. So and also my college, we give 100% of uh, scholarship to first year students. So no matter what GPA a student has coming in, we're trying to help them uh, obtain a higher education. And that's really the storytelling that I'm doing in those new markets, 
But also when I go to those markets where, you know, being three years in now, I know some counselors, I'm telling them, hey, we're still good in this major. Hey, we just started this new major. Hey, yes, the view on the campus is still beautiful, but we also just built this new building called Aquino, like let your students know. So I think that's the other aspect of it too. When we go into these new markets, but we're also trying to establish ourselves as like a real player in the sense of higher education. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you. Um, Drew, you've no doubt been been there just like Nathan and I and, and everyone listening, right? Stuck on some random highway at a Panera or Starbucks, uh, or if you're in Minnesota, Caribou Coffee. And, you know, thinking you'd have time to reply to a few emails from students in between visits, only to be stuck in traffic, and then you have to rush out to get to the next high school, only to be fully ghosted by no students attending, and a school counselor that's too busy to talk to you, or not even there, right? We're going to have a new batch of admissions counselors who've never, they've been in the profession for two years and have never been doing that road warrior stuff before. How would you help a newer counselor understand the value of that experience um, to your institution? Yeah, absolutely. Like I looked at those moments when I first got hired, I said, I'm going everywhere and literally everywhere i made sure i was in every long island school queen school brooklyn school and i would pack up my days to four five six high school visits a day because what i learned through all of that and i learned through a coach that i had here at mount st Vincent named tj tibbs he works at the college of staten island now regardless of the end execution or the goal being obtained of meeting with someone i still got the preparedness factor so i knew all right despite not meeting with anyone today, I know I still had an opportunity to learn how to get to this school better or learn where um, another Panera is so I could read my applications or learn where a Starbucks is so I could eat before that visit. But I also think for new counselors, um, learning, learning your territory in a sense physically, but also like visually, pardon. So like for me, I'm a, I'm a visual learner. So like, I can't just look at a list of schools and be like, yeah, I know where all of these schools are. I had to actually do the driving, do the maps, take out the maps, have pictures. And that was my biggest thing. Every school that I went to, I took a picture of the school so I could remember it. And now when I drive in Long Island and Queens and Brooklyn, I feel a lot more familiar. Um, I'm a Bronx, Bronx kid born and raised. So when they first told me, hey, you're going to Long Island, I was like, I've had this perception. But now that I go to Long Island, I totally love it because it's very similar to the Bronx in terms of its diversity, specifically in the Nassau section. So for me, it was... For any new counselor, it's okay to drive to those empty school visits and not meet anyone and things like that, because no matter what, you're still learning. You're still learning how to get to places on time, how much leeway to give yourself. And then you're also learning the local spots of where you could get a quick lunch, read apps on the road, and also get some coffee on the way too. Drew, I got to tell you, uh, I know you and I would have been travel friends on the road. Uh, <laughs> by the way, you said Panera is yep. for, for reading apps and Starbucks is for eating. That's, That's it. You... <laughs> <laughs> that's legit either panera is usually for lunch or a late dinner on the back on the way back home yeah i agree late dinner for me that's what or early dinner sometimes you do that like three three thirty four o'clock before a college for dinner um well let's talk a little bit about the flip side of this um and we asked our previous guests to kind of imagine this scenario where maybe no college ever traveled again drew um, if we want to mm -hmm. flip the question that T's just asked, um, what would things look like if one institution were to opt out of travel where everyone else still continued with travel? I think there's a huge opportunity there to continue to bring students onto campus. I, I remember when I first started, either I read an article or watched a video, and I'm sure all the counselors know this, but like the more times a student or family visits a college, 
the more likely they are to enroll. So if a institution decided not to travel on the road, I would say, all right, the challenge here or the opportunity rather is what events can we create to segment the markets to bring them on campus? So for example, if we have accepted students, I mean, here at the college at Mount St. Vincent, we do you know, our premier scholarship. So anyone who is tagged or qualifies for premier scholarship, we bring them onto campus, interview them for a day, and they, they get their own separate experience as opposed to accepted students day. Or for example, our early action brunch is for early action applicants. Anybody who applied early action, they get to be invited onto campus, meet with athletics, meet with academics, meet with the dean and things like that. We would just have to see how else can you create segments and markets for students to come on campus and, and still feel like they're getting a personal uh, visit out of it. Obviously not have a lot of people in, as in terms of open house or accepting students day, but again, how to break down those markets to what? I'm a smaller institution, so like 50 to 125 students per campus visit to see how else they can thrive, but also connect with as many people as they can while they're here on campus. Do you think that would flip? Do you think that would fill the void then? So if one one school decided not to, then they would just focus on campus visits instead. Or do you think? Um, do you, I'm sort of imagining a scenario where there's a student wandering around a college or a high school gym, looking for this one school, and they don't know you know what's going on because they can't find the school. Yeah, I think with the other option too, I love social media. So I manage our social mm. media channels with um, right. one of our uh, senior, oh, she's a junior now, junior head tour guides. And what we do is we're getting less away from the trends that we see on TikTok and everything, but now we're just providing relevant, valuable and consistent content. And what I hope with this content is it helps with the search engine. So like I know Google is our biggest search engine, but also YouTube and TikTok is. So what we've been doing is producing all of our content there that students are looking for online, such as tuition rates, scholarships, um, also looking for athletic programs. And what we're hoping to do is capitalize on the SEO so that students and families and parents can look into it and then drive them to our website and then hopefully drive a campus visit or coming to one of those events. So that's another way that I've been doing now for the past three years is just building kind of like a brand awareness of what the College of Mount St. Vincent has to offer through students uh, told stories. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to maybe potentially fill that void if a school can't travel. All right, Drew, well, if you can believe it, we're already at the end of the interview here. So we appreciate all your insights and um, the pros and cons of traveling and if we should continue to do it. Um, before we let you go, we're gonna ask you the two questions that um, I'm sure you heard when you listened to the LunchCast, but uh, that we ask all our guests, what are you working on next? And then uh, how can folks get in touch with you? Should they want to continue the conversation short of maybe seeing you at a Starbucks or a Panera in the Bronx, <laughs> Long Island area, right? Or, li or likely both on the same day. Yeah, it might, right, exactly. it might happen. I see some days on my travel schedule, I'm going to be in Brooklyn, Long Island and back to Brooklyn or vice versa. So it's going to oh, be, man. it's going to be crazy and hectic, but I, I love it for, for what it is. But what we're working on right now is um, we're working on our travel schedules. We're also working on our communication so that when we go travel, um, certain emails and text messages are hitting them as well, along with our social media efforts. So that's all tying into one. Um, specifically, I've been working with my colleagues to say, how else can we make high school visits more personable? So for example, instead of just going into a high school and just hoping to speak with students or hoping to be in a cafeteria, I'm saying, how else can we go into a school and be different? When you think about it, over 50 to 100 schools are going to the same high school, presenting on essentially the same thing, tuition, scholarships, programs. 
But for me, what I started last year was I saw a big need of help with college essays. And this is no shot at like English teachers in the high school level, but I see more college essays in a very English class style format, a beginning, a middle and an end. Mm -hmm. And personally, as an admission counselor, what I want to see in my essays is what does the student hope to bring to the college? What do you hope to get out of this college experience that would get your degree and hopefully set up your career? So what I've been doing, I've been setting up college essay workshops with all of the high schools that I have. So as I schedule a visit on rep visits or via email or via snail mail, I also reach out to them and say, hey, listen, I do these college essay workshops. They're about an hour. They would equate as a high school visit. If I get inquiries, awesome. But overall, I just want to provide value to your students. And more likely than not, uh, the high school counselors are really open to it. So I've been doing that. And also, I've been challenging my team. My team, how else can you interact with these high schools? So we have a great Filipino scholarship, which is full tuition for any Filipino descent student with a high GPA. Mm -hmm. And my colleague, he said, I'm going to reach out to Filipino CBOs within the Northeast section of New York, Massachusetts, the New England area, and hopefully interact with them and present to them on this scholarship to have more of a reach with the Filipino community. Um, we have, we're right in the backyard of the Bronx, we're in Riverdale, and we have a lot of students that qualify for HEOP or the EO, or EOP program. So my colleague, he's setting up visits specifically for HOP. Let me meet with students that will qualify in this uh, academic criteria, present to them just on this, and hopefully they will feel more engaged with the college. And that's what we're looking to do overall. Obviously, we're going to be hitting our college fairs, our NACACs, everything like that, but how else can we make the high school visit more personable so that the college, so that the high school students could fall in love with us, that we help them, and also fall in love with the College of Mount St. Vincent. And of course, if anyone wants to get in contact with me, I'm on LinkedIn with Andrew Curiel, and then I'm on Instagram and uh, also Facebook, but my Instagram is Drewski. I go by Drewski. It's uh, a college name that has stuck with me, so I'm staying with it. Uh, Drewski with four E's and I'll just... <laughs> just roll with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Drew, this has been a great conversation. We wish you all the best um, with all those new initiatives. It sounds like really great bread and butter recruitment and uh, music to, to our ears, uh, certainly. And I think it's going to be a great fall for you and your team. So thanks again for joining the LunchCast today. No worries. Thank you guys both. Like I said, I listen to you guys all the time when I'm on the road, especially those long trips to Suffolk. So this is truly an honor. Thank you guys so much. You know, Drew, I've said it early or later in this season at a previous interview, uh, flattery will get you everywhere with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give the roses, my man. Got to give the roses. Yeah, good job. Appreciate you. Wow. What a great pair of guests. Nathan, what did you think? I thought it was great. I always enjoy talking about travel and I always enjoy the discussions that kind of tangent off of travel. Mm -hmm. um, but I also really, I mean, I'm going to, Drew was the last one we just listened to and kind of thinking about how he's planning out his travel. And I think he his, he has a territory that's Long Island, the Bronx or something along those lines. And it was, you know, he's just really excited. <laughs> you mm -hmm, could hear mm -hmm. the excitement, even though that, um, 
you know, you, you, I think we teed him up for like, how is it going to be being in a Panera? How's it going to be uh-huh. being in a Starbucks? And he seemed to be digging it. So listen, I'm down for it. I, I, I think I told him I will go hang out with you in a Panera for four hours. Right. Right. It, it's, um, you know, it's good. It, it was good. Drew's energy was fantastic. I, I think I mentioned that earlier. He's, he's clearly excited for this and he's, um, I'm just, clearly a, a rising star that we uh we found for the the podcast but chris's perspective was really interesting to me as well though specifically what stood out to me the way he was talking and kind of reminded us that school counselors need to make a case to have people come into the building right that it's mm-hmm. it's not a given it's not a, a birthright and and i pressed him in the interview like oh do you mean because of the pandemic and and he kind of was like no just generally he needs to make the argument for why we need to introduce new people into the building. Um, right. And I, I found that that an interesting perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you for sure. How do you think it's going to actually be for this fall? I know you're working in a different role. Yeah. Um, you're not you're not leading a team and you're not um, traveling yourself. And I always know when you were in these roles, you actually picked up a fair amount of travel. I did. Um, what are you hearing from some of maybe your prospective clients or folks mm-hmm. that you're working with? Yeah, there's a general sense. One is similar to what you said at the outset. There's a general unease about is the rug going to be taken away from us at the last minute? Um, Mm -hmm. There is a sense that students do not want Zoom college fairs and high school visits. Right. But also that they do not want in-person college fairs and high school visits. Mm -hmm. But they do want some opportunity to meet colleges that they haven't met yet. So I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, but I, I think I think it's going to be a rather successful travel year. I think as a general rule, um, there'll be a lot of colleges that opt out or scale way back uh, from their col- from their travel this year. Uh, so those that are out on the road um, are they're going to have more conversations per counselor hour, if you will, right? They're going to meet more students. They're going to see right. more benefit. Um, and I, I think some of the reasons colleges are going to scale back is, is anything, right? Some, some of it will be concerned for COVID. Some of it will be regional restrictions. And some of it will be they've reallocated their budget to other things. And now they can't get it back or they don't want it back, right? Or they want to do these other things. Um, or some of them have just decided that, that Zoom is more efficient and a better, better way to make these initial introductions. So uh, but overall, I think it'll be a very healthy travel season. And I think it'll be very productive for those of us that are out there. What do you think? I'm with you. I think it's just, it's going to be prioritizing and making making tough decisions. Um, mm-hmm. I can tell you the conversation that we've had at Loyola over the summer um, was just, I was trying to stress not just go to everything because we're back full force and like every high school is now having a college fair. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and they're all thinking that they have to, they have to go or they have to hold one and then we have to go to them and whatever else. And, um, I said, we have to be choosy and, um, and, and not be ashamed of it because we had, um, two openings this summer. So we we're dealing with some staffing issues like everybody else, um, dealing with budget issues. Um, I had a you know, budget was cut and so I'm mm-hmm. trying to do the same amount. We did a fair amount of travel last year, but not as much. And so I'm probably going to travel more. You know, the other thing that I don't, that I, I know, I know I came up in the interviews, but you know, the rising cost of inflation and these travel costs are mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. And it, at Loyola, which is a, 
national university. We have a number of regional reps in these different areas, which I think will actually save us a little bit on the crazy flight costs along with the crazy flight delays that everybody's been. Um, but we also have to maintain a really local presence. And so either way, regardless of whether we're renting a car or getting on a flight or mm -hmm. staying in a hotel, everything's more expensive. The food's more expensive. You know, we joke around about yeah. Panera, but have you been into a Panera? Like those prices are not what they used to be. And same with Starbucks. So not you if know, you I, join the unlimited sip club at Panera. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I learned something new. So it thank is. You for that, and Katie. when you go to cancel it, they offer you three months for only $3 and 33 cents. That's spectacular. Yeah. That's so spectacular. There, listen, I just, I think I just solved the uh, college travel woes. I think you did. I think you did. <laughs> but there's, there's, the decisions that people are going to have to make. And there's some mm -hmm. areas that maybe we haven't been to. I think we hit kind of the main areas last year. Mm -hmm. So now the decisions are, you know, do we hit some of the areas we didn't get to last year? Is that worth it? Do we try it again? Um, do we do coffee shop interviews yep. or hotel interviews as opposed to doing the college fair or whatever else? So, and, and not only that, Nathan, colleges have to make these decisions on where to go with tightened budget dollars, either because the budget shrank or inflation shrank the budget in an era where we don't have reliable historical data. And since the right. the fall of 2019, right. Right. So you, you mm -hmm. what high school visits are effective, who knows anymore, right? Uh, what college fairs are even happening? Like those routines have, have snapped and broken. We don't know which ones are coming back and which ones aren't. So it's it's going to be a wild ride, but the Panera Bread Unlimited Sip Club is worth it. They don't have anything like that at Starbucks? Not yet. I believe You can believe me that if they did, I would be here telling you about it. You'd be first in line. Well, on that note, this episode was brought to you by Panera. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Well, that was a great episode. Always really enjoy talking um, about travel. I mean, hey, maybe I'll re-listen to this episode when I'm covering some travel for Loyola this fall or I'm on my way to Nose or on my way back from NACAC or whatever else. So uh, this was a great episode. So again, yeah. this episode This episode airs after NACAC, Nathan. Okay, but we're recording it before NACAC. I wish you would have given me the schedule. Anyway, maybe I'll save this one. Are you listen kidding to it. me? Like on the way, I don't know. Anyway, wrap us All up. All right. All right. We're going to wrap it up. I'm Nathan. I'm Teej. And that was the launch cast. Thanks, folks. Oh, sorry. What do I say again to start with? <laughs> say, hi, every hi, time, Chris. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> I say, do I say hi? Yeah. Hi, hey, or just go, okay. I'm Chris Reeves. Yeah, okay. whatever.